No intro, I hate Boz Lerman. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck! God! Yeah. God! Worst piece of shit in Hollywood, I swear. (laughs) Hey everyone, we're um... We're doing the uh, we're doing the Doug cast again, and um, the we before before we climbed the the mountain of to boldly flee, we wanted to we wanted to do an episode on Doug's personal favorite review he's ever done, or at least at this point, this was his favorite review he'd ever done, and it is his review with Lindsay. And the, you know, the Channel Awesome crew and a special guest, Brentelfloss, uh, they reviewed Baz Luhrmann's Moulin Rouge. And um, uh, it's I think I think this is a fun little opportunity since we're not going to get many chances to talk about Doug's actual movie reviews. And I, I, or I think that they're just as important to understanding the Doug Walker project as uh, as his movies. <laughs> So this this one was a good one to choose, but before we begin, you know we we've got to address, uh, we got to address the movie that he is reviewing, Moulin Rouge. Um, so, all right, uh, let's begin. Um, I'll let our special guest joining us, uh, frequent frequent person on those good old fashioned <laughs> values, Hessa. Hello, Zero I was waiting for my introduction. <laughs> yeah. Um, hello, Spencer. Hello, Esther. Hello. Yeah. How's everyone doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. You know, as as good as you could be with Moulin Rouge. But S, uh, Hessa, wh- what did you think of Moulin Rouge? Spencer, I was dreading it, but I just watched it this morning, and I'm sorry to say that I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved really it. liked it. Oh, I didn't realize this <laughs> Maybe was a not love situation. It. But I, I kind of, it really grew on me. I cried at the end. Um, the first half hour or so is really, it's not good. Um, <laughs> but it yeah. kind of like, it kind of clicked for me at some point. Um, I think it was the Like a Virgin number. I was like, this kind of rocks, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm a certified dumb bitch. I'm... Ugh. A fag. Wait, can I say that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's pretty much. That's the explanation, pretty much, for me. Um, do you want to hear my history with Doug Walker? Because it's a. It's a. Oh, it's a, just wanted to add that if you have any uh, issues with us saying fag on this podcast, uh, send all of your complaints to at Five Poisons Kid on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's our so, boss. Uh, yeah. What's your history with? Yeah. What's your um what's your history with Doug Hessa? My history with Doug is that um I used to really like him when I was like 12 or like 12 or 13 maybe. Um I was like I really liked his reviews and like angry video game nerd that type of shit. Um and when I was that age, I think I tried watching one of his movies, and it was just like, I was like, wow, this is really embarrassing. And I, I like, turned it off, and then I, like, never watched one, any of his shit again. And mm. I was like, I gotta grow up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So it really was a wake-up call for me. But um, I've since, recently I watched all the movies, um, just because I love pain. And they're terrible, um, so I'm I'm well familiar with the oeuvre of Mr. Walker and um, his cast of characters. Hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. So, um, Esther. Uh, Hello. What did you think of Moulin Rouge? Oh boy. I mean, yeah. The first half hour of this movie is probably the worst thing ever committed to film. Um, yeah, it is. It it's, really okay. is. It's un. Listen, no, listen. Like I, w- I'm willing to admit that it does. <laughs> it settles down after a certain point, but that is like, that is like in comparison to the most insane thing you've ever watched, which is the beginning of this movie. It's out of control. Yeah. It's 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 unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. I. It's it's bad. I, I, it's really bad. It's so bad. Okay, look, I, I, I 
did not want to dislike this movie. Like a lot of people whose opinions I respect a lot, like they they have made the case for this movie being good. I you I I'd seen clips from it. I was like, you know, maybe it'll be like a nice little thing. I didn't hate Romeo plus Juliet. I thought there was some nice stuff in that. Um I I I was I was prepared to like if not love this at least be okay with it. But um I think pretty much like 20 seconds in I knew this was going to be like my least favorite movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> this is like this might actually be the movie I hate the most. Like there's maybe like two or three more that Oh my god. Are, Drama that I hate. Queen. <laughs> I hate with Look, no, I'm sorry. There's no excuse for this. There's no fucking excuse for this. If Bob Fosse spent the 70s chaining amphetamines and cigarettes to make masterpiece after masterpiece, there's no excuse for this fucking, fucking not even gay guy to <laughs> to, to make this like horribly hypercut musical where all the characters sing songs that you hear at a Home Depot. It's who, not okay. Who tweeted recently? Boz Lerman isn't even gay. He's just annoying. <laughs> I think Eli. That, was e- that was Eli, I think. Yeah, that was Eli. Yeah. yeah. That Our manager. That's an Eli. Our boss. Yeah. 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 yeah you're going to be in serious trouble for liking this with our boss, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I, I realize. My days are numbered. My desk is yeah. cleaned out. <laughs> yeah. My letter um, of resignation's in the mail. Yeah. So, okay. But we're, we're not here to really talk about Moulin Rouge. Um, and thank God, uh, we're here to talk about <laughs> Doug's review of Moulin Rouge, and on which a... you two agree with him. Just to be clear, you agree with Doug Walker on this. this... Yeah, that's uh... kind of the conundrum we find ourselves in today. <laughs> yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I uh, stopped clock twice a day, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, <laughs> Doug Walker also liked Spider-Man 3, and I agree with him there. So, you oh, know, sure. it's... Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> Even your worst enemies can, can stumble onto salient points sometimes. Well, but... the, biz- the bizarre thing about this review is that, like, I do... I did find myself agreeing with him sometimes, um, <laughs> mm. which is very strange. Um, but also, he has this bizarre perspective on the movie where he, like... He keeps calling it pretentious, and like yeah. to me, this is the least pretentious movie ever made. This is—it's just yeah, purely absolutely. goofy and stupid and ridiculous and just reveling in nonsense. And his takeaway yeah. watching this is like, oh, this movie's taking itself so seriously. <laughs> like it's, what? It's, it's yeah. just a—it's a Bollywood movie. It's like a Bollywood musical. So not liking yeah. it makes you racist. But let's just move on. And uh... <laughs> yeah. The no, I mean it is a yeah. It's weird because I mean, for one, even when he's right, like he he's the most irritating person in the world. So you don't want to agree with him. Um, yeah, his perspective is really weird because he doesn't seem to know what a jukebox musical is. Like Lindsay, ha- like later name drops. Like I'm not a fan of jukebox musicals, but earlier on in the review. He's usually just like, um, just like, why are they singing songs that already exist? They're ripping them off, and it's like that—that's that's how a jukebox musical works. That's, so that's it's like, like he thinks that like the copyright holders were sitting in the theater, like, what the fuck? They can't—they're using our songs. They can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I genuinely don't think he knows about like what a you know jukebox musical is, and. It's in even fairness, better though, when Lindsay, like... Yeah. In fairness, though, this one's weird because usually you think of a jukebox musical as, like, oh, this is... It's the music of, of ABBA. It's the music of the Beatles. And this there's mm. no connection between these songs the music whatsoever. of The music of the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, wait. I Can I read you guys a quote that throws some shades of gray on, on Lindsay Ellis in this review specifically? Please. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Oh, this is from Lindsay Ellis, okay? Um, I think this is uh, this is from a Twitter thread from her, about her time at Channel Awesome. Um, oh, and I saw not one red penny from the Moulin Rouge review, but Doug and Brent made money. Doug even crashed at my apartment for that, but I saw nothing from it. 
Doug wrote it, and I still have people assigning his opinions to me. Boy, do I not share them. So, it seems like Doug Walker wrote Lindsay Ellis' role in this review. Um, (laughs) That's bizarre. Insane to think about. That doesn't make sense. That makes no sense. I guess she... Yeah, like her, it, it, like it feels like one of her reviews from the time when she's talking. It, huh? It, That's really think, odd. Because I think she's like talking in like his voice a lot. Like, especially the moment where it's the scene where you and McGregor throws money at her. Wait, do you want to go through linearly or like <laughs> chronologically? Because I feel like I'm well, jumping right to the end. But yeah, uh, there's not really a. Plot there, I mean, there isn't. That's <laughs> yeah, a review, but the oh no, the part where the part where he compl- where she complains about like Ewan McGregor's character being an asshole or whatever that does feel like Doug. That doesn't feel like Lindsay. Yeah, it's like, yeah. and it, the funny thing is that Doug and the other guy, whatever whoever that is, um, they're I'm like so when she's like, yeah, I don't like this scene because you know, um. Ewan McGregor's being an asshole. They're, they go, their characters, I guess, go, Ewan McGregor's the asshole in this scene. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> He's Ugh. throwing money at her on stage going, I paid my whore. Like, they're, they think she's in the wrong? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that does, yeah, I don't understand very the, strange. The, the construct of this review then, because the whole point of it is that it opens and Doug hates this movie so much, but but Brentel Floss and Lindsay Ellis are trying to convince him that it's good. But if yeah. it, like if it's not their opinions, <laughs> then first of all, what are they doing here? <laughs> why are they in this? <laughs> why did they allow this to happen? But also like yeah. why like it just that doesn't make any sense that that would be how this was made. Why? Uh right what is it um it's weird yeah it's odd <laughs> we should mention who brentel floss is for those who don't know since brentel floss is a i don't know what he does now but i knew at the time he was a guy who would take songs from video games and add lyrics to them that that's what i remember like it, he would take like the i don't know like the wily castle theme from mega man and then like write a song based around that um I uh I don't really care that much about him. Super Mario, you would do Super Mario theme epic version stuff like that. Yeah, Super Mario theme epic version. <laughs> oh god. Uh yeah, no, okay. it was literally just like stuff like that. He I guess he was like a big deal at the time since he showed up in a lot of stuff like this. Um, so he's not a Me Too channel awesome guy. No, he's not a Me Too channel awesome guy. He's just like a okay. YouTube dork. I do have a great story about him, though, Tirole, that one of my mutuals said to me. So Brentel Floss once wrote a song, um, and the song is about how his roommate in college um, masturbated like a truly deranged amount. Um, And his roommate in college, fun fact, was Travis McElroy. (laughs) Oh, my God. No way. I love Yeah, Yeah, it's so Ah! awesome. (laughs) No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, exists. by the way, to everyone listening to this, oh. uh, speaking of Travis McElroy, please go and look up uh the the podcast about list my brother my brother and me episode. It is the the imitation they have of the McElroys is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> um oh god. So that is so funny though. God, the you're you, they I guess Brendel Floss is good then, because the McElroys are like your mortal enemy, Esther. Yeah, he's the hero in this situation for sure. For for bringing truth, the truth about this situation to light. Yeah. Oh God. So I'm McElroy uh, neutral for the record. If they're listening to this, please don't, <laughs> please don't destroy me. No, if, if, if this tra- fuck tra- the McElroys. <laughs> Tra- yeah. Travel, travels. If you're listening to this, fuck you. Fuck your podcast. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not being neutral. You, this shit sucks. I should stop soy facing in every photo. I'm I'm neutral because I don't know who they are, and I'm just trying uh, to play it off. So I'm good. sorry. Uh, in you're in a good position. Okay, uh, that's good. Uh, I think they did that so, LA Noir VR thing. Is uh, that them? 
I think they did. Yeah, they. Yeah, they might have. I don't know. I, I don't know. Everyone <laughs> no. kept trying to get me to watch like their YouTube channel or whatever back when I was in high school. It's like, oh, Spencer, you gotta watch like uh, Monster Factory was play their, games. Was their big one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I know who they are. Yeah, you gotta watch Monster Factory, and I like like someone pulled up like twenty seconds of it for me, and I'm like, this. Sucks. Monster Factory is the best <laughs> thing they've ever done, too, by far. Their yeah. best creative output. Um. <laughs> so no the so the the way this review this review is weird. Um. Because I I really got like a a wave of nostalgia about how bad Doug's like critical voice is because he. Whenever he, like, he can't just say he's irritated with something. He has to say, like, this is like a chainsaw on my ears or something like that. <laughs> it's always, like, a normal complaint, but he makes it epic. And, yeah, uh, like, I'm trying to think of examples. Like, he said, um, like, yeah, I'd rather wh- get fucked with a chainsaw than this or uh, some bullshit. I forget um, what else. He takes a scene and he says, you could put anything in here and it would fit. And then he puts in, like, random clips from, like, It with Tim Curry and, like, all this shit that does not fit in there. And then he goes, see? (laughs) These are all, like, like references to his own reviews, too. Yeah. Yeah. That that was, um... that's one of the funniest things about Doug that I think this reveals is that it took him so little time to become completely subsumed by just references to his own shit. Like, we've talked about him being yeah. a guy who could only understand comedy as, like, you know, referencing something else. Um, and after a while, you know, this is, like, three years into the project at this point, half of his shit is just references to things he's done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's all just, like, you know, his own callbacks, like, uh, of course, or the bat credit card or whatever. Big lift uh, alligator moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's all, like, his, um, his fucking... Uh, his own like jokes from earlier reviews if, if he if he stumbled onto like a review people like like a joke people like expect to see it like a dozen more times in his output by the way the- t- just about the big lipped alligator moment i remember like like i said i've seen like all of his reviews or i had when i was like younger and um I remember specifically in every review that that would come up being like, what is this from? Like, what review is this from? I have no idea to this day. I, like, can't remember. It's Goalie. Okay. Because I just yeah. n- had no memory of the, the source of that. And it felt very strange to me. Like, what is this reference? <laughs> was that maybe from a Lindsay video? Cause it was... I, I think it was from the collab between the two of them on Fern Gully oh, because sure. there is like a scene where like a big lipped alligator shows up and I think starts rapping or something and oh that rules and it it's never brought up again <laughs> so whenever something weird happens in a movie he calls it a big lipped alligator moment and sick it, that's a good if thing you to go call on, it if you call it on, if you go on TV tropes um pretty much every movie if there's something a little zany happening they'll file it as a big lipped alligator moment uh that that rocks (laughs) oh also one thing i wanted to say is um uh doug also just like wholesale lifts jokes from other movies a lot like there's a scene where he's talking about the scene where in moulin rouge where nicole kidman is like pretending to be turned on by something and he just inserts the when Harry met Sally, I'll have what she's having thing. Like, he just puts it in there. It, it, he does that so much. He'll just, like, take punchlines from, like, things that are actually funny and just, like, splice them in. It, it's so bizarre. Yeah, that was a, I, great, that yeah. was a great lazy moment. Um, he didn't even do yeah. the joke. Like, he referenced the line. He just cut in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, like, it's so weird the way he... He, like, reviews it like he has, like, a v- like he's not a very smart man. And I know that he's not, but he, get, he like, dumbs himself down even more. Like, during that scene, I re- he says, um, here's, like, take this scene, for example, where Santine is trying to seduce the Duke while hiding Ewan McGregor. Or at least, I think that's what's going on here. And then he like, yeah. shows the scene, and it's like, "What are you talking about, man?" Like, yeah, it's like this like slapstick routine <laughs> what else, what else to hide him. It's like a Looney Tunes cartoon, like yeah, literally. 
The nostalgia um, critic is a dumb guy's impression of a dumb guy. It's a guy who th- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is what a dumb guy thinks a dumb guy is. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh so one thing that I haven't broached about the I haven't talked about um in the Moulin Rouge review is that much like Moulin Rouge itself, this this uh this review is also a musical. There are there are several musical numbers in it. Um we're gonna have to talk about a lot of Doug singing going forward since he sings in To Boldly Flee. He sings in the wall like the whole way through. Uh it's it's not not gonna be a fun time. Uh, the uh, I guess we'll talk about the first one, which is like Brentel Floss rapping about uh, how good this movie is. Well, the, so bad. the first one is Linkara's intro, of course. Oh yeah, it's Linkara's <laughs> intro. I okay. I will say when Linkara showed up on screen and started like singing like that, I burst out laughing. I was wait. I, I, it oh, felt like I don't a warm remember hug. This part. He, like Linkara at, like, at the very beginning, he does like the opening of Moulin Rouge, but about Doug. Um, <laughs> does not appear elsewhere in the review. They just they just had him do one <laughs> yeah. song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. Yeah. But yeah. No. That that was like, especially after Moulin Rouge, that was just like being like greeted by like your friend you hate. Like it still sucks, but you know him and you feel safe. <laughs> <laughs> When when Linkara started going like I'm epic, I was like, "Thank you, my friend. It's, it's good to be home." A, a, a trans ally, to be sure. A chaser, a chaser icon. Wait, is there is there something I don't know about Linkara? Oh, you haven't seen his forum posts? No. Oh, his Wait. horny forum posts about uh, what's it called? Futa about needing like a big dick Futa girlfriend and uh, all right we've got something imagining here. like Superwoman and Catwoman and Superwoman is like uh like a big dick like Futa girl and they're like having sex oh and uh, like it's an anonymous account but they like discovered it was Linkara you guys haven't oh heard about this no this is okay I take back every this bad thing I've said about Linkara. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, he's a Linkara. If you want to come on the show, just message Please. me. They're truly, it's love they're truly you. disgusting. Let me see. I think Angie yeah, I showed it. them to me. <laughs> Let me see. Either um, Angie or Liz, but I'll send them to you after we finish recording, you guys. Yeah, that's um, along that's with awesome, along with pictures of Cinema Snob's penis. If if you also want that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Side note: this is this is a little behind the scenes trivia. This this chat I'm in with Hessa, I. I just was at work and just got a bunch of messages from Hessa and our friend Liz. Happy birthday, Liz, by the way. And we uh, we got, it was just like, I opened it and it's just like a dozen photos of the cinema snob's penis. And I was like, <laughs> thanks. He thanks. made a I'm porno gonna... with his wife, apparently. as like a bonus feature on one of his DVDs because he reviews pornos. Um, and there's a great moment where his dick is out and you can see it. There are several such moments, but... <laughs> It's great. God. God. I'm learning so much. So yeah, DM me on Twitter Wait, if you want to see. What is the fucking deal with, with these guys <laughs> and showing their hog? Like, we, we didn't mention this in the Suburban Nights review since I learned it, like, right after we stopped recording. But apparently, Dog also just wanted to show his dick in the, uh, in the Suburban Nights, in Suburban Nights, like, the scene where they, like, he has his crotch has exposed. Upskirt. Yeah, the upskirt scene. <laughs> The, uh, he has an upskirt scene since he's dressed like Link, and apparently he wanted to just not be wearing underwear. And I, I guess Rob was like, "No, we're not. No, not." That's no really like, that's really incredible to hear. Yeah, that's- why do these guys? Why do these guys want to show their dicks to everyone at the time? What was the deal? They're, they're they flew too close to the sun. They're they're Icarus, truly. <laughs> yeah. No, but back to the Brental Floss musical number, they just have like this horrible like like Casio garage band loop type thing playing and he's just going, This movie's cool and it's really great. Just like there's some fucking Curtis Blow, like early eighties hip hop thing about how this movie's cool and No, it's, th- it's it is it's even so worse because like the, the cadence is like you say this movie's bad. Well, that is making me sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's rapping like he's Dracula. It's yeah. 
<laughs> he's trying to do an impression of Jim Broadbent in this movie. And Jim Broadbent in this movie, first of all, can't sing. I, I love him. Great performer. Cannot sing in this movie. <laughs> so doing an impression mm. of a guy who already uh, can't do the thing that you're doing because this is a musical <laughs> type deal. It's a bizarre choice. And Esther, do you want to do you want to hear a fun fact about that? Jim Broadbent. Do you know who he was imitating? Oh, who? Who? Boz Lerman. <laughs> <laughs> he based his performance on Boz Lerman. Oh, Every, isn't that amazing? Now everything's kind of coming Everything, together for me. Everything's falling into place. <laughs> God. Yeah, no, he, he he yeah, he's he's doing that like awful rap and <sighs> Brinsel Floss, I guess, wrote it, so I assume he's not a great lyricist then, since it is all stuff like you uh it it is all just like the most basic like uh like rhyming dictionary stuff in the world. It uh <laughs> it's not good. You say uh, this movie's dumb. Open your mouth. Here's a gun. <laughs> it's <laughs> like <laughs> It's all shit like that. And the a, funny thing is, it's though. It's not a parody of any song that's in the movie, which all the other ones are, which makes it really yeah. stand I out. I think, you know what? I think it's supposed to be a parody of Gucci Gucci Ya Ya Ya. Um, because Jim Broadbent, there is one part in the song where he does do like a similar cadence, but it's like part of like a medley. And it's not. I don't know. I just like they missed the mark pretty wide. I gotta yeah. say, <laughs> absolutely <Yeah>. way <laughs> wide right, big time wide right. Yeah, it, he he sounds like it, it. It doesn't sound like anything in the movie. It sounds like like a nerdcore rapper, basically. <laughs> it sounds like the kid in Teen Witch rapping. Yeah, it, it sounds like. Witch. It sounds like a kid in high school, like, trying to rewrite Rapper's Delight to be about, like, Firefly or something. (laughs) 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 So, um, uh, the thing about Brent, though, is that in this whole thing, like, he is, say what you will about him, but he is trying his hardest to, like, sell Doug's lines. He, He, he is... Like, he's decked out in a costume, like, of the really annoying guy from Moulin Rouge. Uh, like, the... Jim Broadbent. Yeah, Jim Broadbent, yeah. He's dressed in the costume, although you can see, like, the, the glue on his face not working. You know what? I think it's tape. I think it's literally scotch tape. Yeah. You can see, like, his mustache, like, drooping for half of it. Um, he He's trying so hard. He... I don't know. He's like putting his all into like these lines. It's kind of sad to see. It's just like someone really, really working their hardest to sell something that's completely unsalvageable. It's sort of like Ewan McGregor in this movie. I can't remember the name of. (laughs) So, uh, God, what what else happens in this review? There's a lot of uh, cameos from other members of that guy with the glasses. Oh yeah, uh, there's a lore, a great lore building moment that continues the lore of the movies where um Lindsay is like in like obsessed with Todd in the Shadows. Yeah. Which is like kind of weird. I don't know like very strange. Who's clearly Doug's idea. <laughs> no, that wasn't actually. That was not Doug's idea. I I I'm a I'm a I'm a Todd scholar and I know what the story is there and we'd have to talk about it into boldly flee but it started just as like a running gag in Todd's reviews about him stalking a friend of his Lupa Lupa who was in Suburban Nights and eventually I think after Todd and Lindsay started dating uh they they sort of turned it into a triangle where Oh they Lindsay, were dating. Yeah, Lindsay that would rules. be obsessed with Todd and uh Todd would be obsessed with Lupa. And it just like they it kept showing up in their reviews. And it's if I'm being honest, like a lot of Todd's reviews from like 2012 are unwatchable because like they keep having references to this storyline. And so it's like, man, I just want to hear you talk about like take on me or (laughs) something. I don't want to I don't want to see you do this bad early 2010s role play with your then girlfriend. They were Um, like the Kurt and Courtney of like 
gay nerd internet reviews. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a theme, and pretty much everyone at that time would always have a thing where it was like they had an overarching narrative. Yeah. About their stupid fucking internet videos. It was so yeah. strange. And I guess Doug was probably the 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 the, the progenitor of that uh, in making these, these stupid movies that had, like, plot. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That or like uh, AVGN did like arcs, but those were always like self-contained, like just a, a character comes back or something. But this mm. is like different. This is like, yeah. you know, no. <laughs> they have Todd in it. Um, they have Linkara. Kyle Calgren is briefly in it, and uh, <laughs> Kyle being in these is like the uh, the moment where I feel like I'm I'm. I'm getting too I'm getting in too deep because uh Esther and back when I was still on like a public Twitter account and Esther, we are like one degree of separation away from Kyle. Like we, we all talk about how we talk about like all the people in these movies like they're these like, you know, distant celebrity figures or whatever, but like I, I have I have interacted with and had many pleasant interactions and uh enjoyed talking to Kyle's uh fiance on twitter several times she's a very nice person who's kyle kyle is uh he shows up briefly um what is it uh brow he's brows at high high. oh the guy that they make him destroy his room yeah i gotta say i gotta say kyle who again like i i kind of vaguely know through twitter it seems like a very nice guy um his cameo in this they wrote it to be it struck Doug. me as very mean spirited yeah. on Doug's part. It's, very, yeah. it's cruel. The yeah. whole joke of his cameo <laughs> yeah, I, is I, that I, nobody knows who he is. They didn't want him to be here. And then they make him, like you said, destroy his room. They make him fuck up his room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Kyle seems like a nice guy. I, I have never talked to him. I've talked with uh his fiance Jordan a couple times and she's a very nice person. Um, so I'm, I, I, I fully admit that out of, uh, professional courtesy, I'm going to be nice to Kyle, but, and also he seems like one of the smarter people to come out of, um, that guy with the glasses, like objectively. And he seems like a, one of the few like decent people to come out of it too. (laughs) But yeah, his cameo here does feel like, very mean-spirited and it's always funny to see people who you like Lindsay, who you know are at the very least smart and like like people who know media studies like trying to do doug's like dumb guy thing yeah it's there's this weird tension to it that's that's i think another point that doug is like the writer of this shit because like during that part there's a moment where Lindsay says um where like Kyle is like Lindsay I was you were in one of my reviews and I was in one of your reviews you don't know who I am and Lindsay's like I just put you in one of my reviews because I had to I don't know who you are and I was like mm. damn that's definitely Doug <laughs> that's also mm. like that we seems we've talk- like ex- <laughs> we've talked a little bit about the behind the scenes of like if you were a producer on the site, then the first of all, at this this is I think one of like the peak moments right before it's a boldly flee of like having the most people on this website, and how like yeah there were only so many slots for like video uploads a day, and Doug would always have three or four of them because he had so many series of his own and characters, um, so yeah it's like you have this guy come in and do this joke about how like where the premise is we don't know who you are and it's like he's, he's, you run the website that he posts his <laughs> yeah. videos on speaking of which kyle was one of the the first people to leave um to like jump ship i think he did in like 2015 maybe 2014 good for him I think, mm. yeah i think he was one of the first people when um when uh when fuck i think it was uh yeah he alongside uh lindsey left the site in 2014 um as did i think i think they did it little after lupa left also but no uh, smart on him yeah for real yeah smart move (laughs) good call (laughs) yeah yeah they got out of a sinking ship fast and it's been good for all of their careers i think uh oh yeah spoonies in this 
Uh, I, I actually wanted to take like a mildly serious sidebar, and I think Spoonie is still on Twitter, and he's posting some really depressing things. I, uh, I, I feel like I, I want to make it abundantly clear that even as we like make fun of these movies and we talk about, you know, um, uh, talk about Spoonie's like sort of downward trend, I, I feel nothing but really bad for the guy. Basically, he's clearly battling some demons, and I. I, I I know we make fun of Doug because he's like a narcissist. We we make fun of how Lindsay very clearly didn't want to be in these and was clearly like drunk out of her mind for a lot of them. But uh, I I feel I just I, I'm not trying to make fun of a guy who is clearly dealing with some really really dark stuff through all of this. Yeah, and, uh, just in the throes of a psychotic break, it seems. Yeah, yeah. There there is a yeah. There's nothing um. Yeah, there's nothing particularly funny about someone having to deal with like a, you know, you know, manic episode like this, basically. Yeah. Um, but he's he's briefly in this. Um, uh, who else is in it? Oh yeah, Brad Jones has a cameo at the end. Uh, he just says, "What the hell?" Um. Oh, those uh, two girls. Uh, oh yeah, Lindsay's friends. Lindsay's friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I honestly way, don't mind them. <laughs> there's there's a deleted scene where um one of them. Um, I was watching the bloopers, and this actually, this blooper, I had to stop watching them, because I was like, this is too dark. Um, they were doing that dancing scene, and one of their skirts, like, fell off. And, um, like, all, like, like Doug and uh, Doug was, like, making jokes about it. He was like, oh, talk about a full moon. And the girl is like, this is why I wanted safety pins. And I was like, I can't watch these bloopers. This Jesus! Is too hard. No, I did this not is what way the too fuck? dark. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Oh my god. What a dark. That's disgusting. What a dark god. behind the curtain. <laughs> what a dark. These people are and monsters. Horrible. We need to be god. clear. Fuck it. What the fuck, man? It's bad. Have some Walker. dignity. Doug Dude, Walker. This, this fucking. He's this fucking era of nerd culture was so disgusting mm. because, like, you could just dress up, like, your disgusting pervert tendencies and, like, this, like, wholesome dorkiness. Like, oh, I'm not a jock. I can I can, I can, can be, like, a fucking sex best if I want to. I can just be like, oh, nice boobies, madam. Like, no, you're, no, you're still, you're still a fucking Me Too guy. You're still, like, a fucking sex best. You don't, you, God, fuck. I yeah. hate these fucking people yeah. so much. Another another um, great moment from the blooper reel, real quick. I'm sorry for uh, going on about it or going off on a tangent. No, please do. There's um well, there's one moment where like Lindsay walks by, like walks through the frame, and Doug just like goes up behind her and starts going like making like a stabbing motion like toward her back, like. And I was like, that's kind of funny, like foreshadowing. But <laughs> um, then there's also a really weird moment where Doug is like Doug and Brentelfloss are there and Doug is like suck the microphone and Brentelfloss like gets down like below the frame and starts like fake crying and going like oh and Doug's like you want the job don't you and Brentelfloss is like yeah I want the job and it goes on for like so long and it's really uncomfortable <laughs> oh my god I like they put that they put those bloopers online on purpose that's one of the yeah. first ones. That's one of the first. Yeah, leaked. if I if I was doing, if I if I was doing like epic rape jokes with my friends behind the scenes, I would very simply not tell the public about that. Yeah, you filmed it simply... and you put it on your YouTube channel. And you could tell, like, it's it's clearly from the same day that Lindsay was also there because she wa- she walks by the frame like a little bit later. So uh, oh god, <laughs> just this just her. brought back a vivid memory of like a skit that they uploaded to. Um, of a skit that was uploaded to that guy with the glasses. I think it was like during year one or year two. It was called Spooning with Spoonie. I don't think I've ever seen the whole thing, but I know that it is basically just like an extended rape joke. Like it is just like a 15 minute joke about like one of the guys from Channel Awesome getting roofied and then raped by uh, Doug's Ask That Guy with the Glasses persona, I'm pretty sure. Um, There's also, Lindsay also made a... a, a rape rap yeah she made something called she made something called rapping rapping about rape or whatever yeah i i also haven't seen that but i have i think like even at the time 
she got, like, serious blowback for it. I think partially because, like, even in the early days, she was very vocally feminist on the site. Yeah. And people were just like, okay, you can't be, like, doing this shit about how, like, The Little Mermaid is problematic and then have, like, a rap song about rape. Like, you, you gotta pick one or the other. Yeah, I. to be fair, it's not her doing the rap in the video. It's, a, it's another guy, and she looks, mm. like, visibly, like, she's like, I don't approve of this song. But it's like, just don't make the video, babe. <laughs> oh, my God. Hun, you don't have to make the video. <laughs> oh, speaking of, um, I, I normally wouldn't want to talk about, like, sexual assault in this goofy podcast. But uh, the next movie we're going to have to talk about has two rape scenes in it. Uh, t- two. Oof. So that's going to be fun. I mean, listen. This, I, uh, is, this is That guy with the glasses. This is an inescapable <laughs> part of just the early 2000s internet is is, yeah. is rape jokes. They were just... Yeah, everywhere. It was, and yeah, I, they were you know, it's it's hard. It's hard to, and it's the same. It's the same impulse as like, you know, when kids make gay jokes, I guess, or you yeah, know, or they say no homo. It's like dead baby jokes. It's basically. dead baby jokes. They, yeah, it's it, it's 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 yeah. you know, edgy edgy humor shit, and it's yeah, bizarre that you know these fucking grown adults. Are indulging in this like you you got you know I don't I don't, yeah, I, I don't mean to sound like too much of a scold but you gotta fucking know better you have to know better yeah I know okay look I I I don't want to wade into this topic too much I have very very complicated feelings on like edgy off color humor and to what extent it's acceptable and especially when it comes to something like sexual assault like to what extent you know can you punch up can you punch down can you make jokes about this topic like. Etc. I have really complicated feelings on it that are like th- this podcast is not the venue for it, but I would much rather be on the side of scolding than on the side of defending these unfunny morons who think that just like going lol surprise butt sex is the funniest thing in the world. I would way, way rather be going like this is offensive and should be deleted rather than defending the free speech of Doug Walker writing rape scenes in his movies. Yeah. Yeah. I I think also for like as per like Lindsay Ellis' character in this review specifically, there's a moment where she um she says they they talk about they talk a lot about love, but they never really explain what love is. <laughs> and I think that's the dumbest criticism I've ever heard and it's also another yeah. I think it's the Another point where it's like, oh, Doug wrote this. Doug wrote all these yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually my favorite moment in the review because it is the dumbest critique I've ever heard of anything ever. Yeah. It's like, they keep talking about love, but like, they never explain what it's... Like, what are you talking If you, if you, you know, know what, what love, love is, is, you're a good guy. This is a plot hole! <laughs> if, you know, if you don't know what it is, you're a bad guy. And that's yeah. not very cool. It's like, this is clearly written by someone who's never they loved anyone. They keep talking anyone. about sex? What is sex? <laughs> like, you gotta this... explain what sex is! This is a bitter moron who's never been in love and doesn't can't love because he's too much of a narcissist. And he's, like, just venting a little bit making and making Lindsay say it, which isn't really funny. Like... It's it's so good. That's, that line, that, yeah. that no, line that, should be on his tombstone. They never explain what love yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. It's so funny. Lindsay, by the way, Lindsay, uh, she seems like the least inebriated that she's ever been in this review. She, yeah, seems... she seems like she's having fun. Like she actually wants to be there for once. Yeah. yeah, she seems like she, you know, she she maybe only had like a glass of wine rather than like a full cooler. <laughs> <laughs> in in Kick Assia, when it cuts to her and she's wearing sunglasses and just drinking a beer at one point, yeah. yes, and like not saying anything, I was like, "Damn, this is the way to film this shit." This is the, if you're in this movie, this is the move. <laughs> that was a great. I don't hangover. remember if you pointed that out. She's wagging the dog's tail for that entire movie. It's a great scene because it's that's not her persona for the rest of the movie. It's just that one scene. She's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you can tell she was over it that day. Like maybe that was the last day of shooting or something. Yeah, yeah. She just kept pushing it harder and harder until she fucking had some some horrible cocktail of like bang energy and four loco, and just woke up. Was like, I'm fucking done with this. I I got USC. (laughs) I got to go back to USC next week. Um. Also, there's a lot of stuff the movie could have made fun of that that the review could have made fun of that it didn't, such as um, 
at the very beginning and this is something that surprised me because i obviously i saw the review before i saw the movie like i just Mm. saw the movie today and i saw the review like back when i was a kid and then um a couple weeks ago when i heard i would be on this episode and then like recently i skimmed through it today um Mm. there's like the review never mentions that um santine has consumption until the very end and it makes Mm. it seem like she just dies suddenly and there's no like lead up to it but like the very first scene she's in she pulls out a handkerchief and coughs blood into it which i was like that's (laughs) like doug that seems like low-hanging fruit for you man that's really easy thing to make fun of yeah that's one of those few internet nerd things people make fun of that's actually worth making fun of because it's like such a hack screenwriter 101 thing to just like if a character's dying just have them cough a lot yeah but no they don't touch on that that's a great Um, example i think of something um something this podcast has made me think about a lot recently which is that cinema sins is the is the next generation of doug walker um and something that's yeah and 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 worse by much worse for the record worse yeah but one thing that they love to do is they love to just cut around things in the movie and then act like the movie doesn't explain it like they'll do a joke it's like and then this happens and it's never explained but they just cut around where it is explained (laughs) or where something happens that explains it um and it's doug does that too absolutely he'll just cut together like it's like he writes the script having half paid attention to the movie and then he's like all right we'll just take the scenes where it makes sense with what i was focusing on (laughs) I think what happens there is I remember when I was younger, I watched like Doug made like a mini documentary about the making of a nostalgia critic episode. And he said that when he's watching the movies, he and Rob will throw on the movie. And like the way they write the script is that the two of them will like basically riff on the movie while they're watching it. And I, that means that they're probably not paying too much attention to like the particulars of the plot. That's what cinema sins does too. They do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, that's something with CinemaSins is that you can tell that they watch the movie once and write down all of their little sins in, like, chronological order. Yeah. So when they say, yeah. like, what is this What is this character? What's going on? And it's explained later. They just leave that yeah. in yeah, yeah, exactly. after it's explained because they're like, yeah, I'm not going back and taking that out. That's like, mm. you know, <laughs> it's, like, so bad. Yeah. Uh, so... The rest of this review, uh, they have, like, a bunch of... They have this, like, back and forth where, uh, like, Doug will talk about all the stuff he hates and he'll kind of bring people to his side. And one moment is is that they kind of have Doug acknowledge that he really likes the um, the Roxanne scene from Moulin Rouge, which I kind of hate, honestly. <laughs> I That's, like, one of my least favorite musical numbers in the whole thing. It's bad. I... People are like, yeah, the editing is so cool. And it's like, it, it's... It's the same it's, as the rest of the movie, dude. It's <laughs> there. Like, it's... Yeah. It... Yeah. Like, literally, again, pull up any scene. For, like, go watch a fucking, like, cam rip of a Bob Fosse musical. And you'll find, like, ten things as good, if not better than that. And also, it, one thing about Moulin Rouge, I don't want to just, like, go, like do the treatment to the movie since it's not important, but I really cannot stand how, like, even when the movie starts to seem like it might have a good moment, like, every time a character jumps into, like, like, some song, like, I don't know, Roxanne by the police, or they'll just sing some song that you've heard, like, three trillion times at a fucking Walmart. I don't know why. I just, it always pissed me off, even when I liked the song. It felt like I was like at a pentatonics concert. I was I was really mad when they did the two David Bowie songs. I was yes. like pissed off. They did Diamond Dogs a little bit, and I was like, "Yeah, stop, please stop, please stop." I'm they, they did Heroes too. And... When they did Heroes, I was like, "Okay, I'm I, I was starting to like this movie, but now I might not like it anymore." And then yeah. I came fully back around when they did the Like a Virgin part. I got but, pissed at those since I I really like a lot of early '80s Madonna songs. Yeah, so, I, I I also like. I think the the biggest thing that this movie does that's really annoying is my biggest like problem. My least favorite thing ever in any movie is when um there's like is that third act thing where 
like the third act the big final like conflict is just because um two characters or like a character isn't telling another character something that they could just easily tell them and oh. there's a misunderstanding because mm-hmm. of it <laughs> you speak it's... about you talk about we having to agree with doug i remember vividly doug made a list of his 10 least favorite things he sees in movies and i think his number one was the third act misunderstanding well i think that was his number one a broken clock like you said <laughs> i'm not disagreeing with you that can be really annoying and it is kind of it is tedious in this movie but i i, I think that's, i just wanted I, to fire back i think that's an ebert original gonna... i think that's like an ebert old old standard that he would yeah. talk about yeah yeah no that's true yeah again e- ebert ebert kind of helped birth a lot of this even though i don't dislike ebert i ebert is the original nostalgia like, critic let's let's be honest yeah god yeah. can someone please like make like a super cut of roger ebert videos with like that badass nostalgia critic <laughs> theme in the back i think <laughs> like yeah dun 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 and it's honestly, just like Roger Ebert just walking around. Honestly, <laughs> I think I think Cisco and Ebert clip, but it like they're arguing, but it inserts that one stock gunshot sound effect that Doug likes. <laughs> I I honestly think like it's even giving Doug too much credit to say that he is someone who imitates Roger Ebert. I think saying yeah. that he watches or reads any kind of <laughs> film reviewer that yeah. who is like serious is giving him too much credit i don't think no nope. i think he knows who roger ebert is and he probably has a video after roger ebert died where he's like yeah <laughs> what an important about... critic to the community yeah. he started criticizing but he had to like look on wikipedia for the whole thing because he didn't know anything <laughs> about him um guarantee Ro- roger roger ebert yeah i um you know roger ebert for all the bad takes he had and all of the dumb things he said throughout his career. I, I still have a place in my heart for him because he very obviously cared about movies a lot. And he's so endearing. He's a very endearing person. He had a lot of great one-liners. Um, I know everyone loves Vincent Gallo now, but if, if you pretending that that line about the Brown bunny, isn't a really good burn is I'm sorry. That's cope. Yeah, that is cope. That's cope. And Ebert- Vincent Gallo, cool but it's a good burn i'm sorry um ebert also has a a sense of humor about his uh his like his perception kind of um as opposed to you know a lot of other you know no no if you go and watch if you go and watch old uh siskel and ebert reviews you can see them like like shooting the shit with each other like good friends like there's a moment where um, they're arguing about a movie and then Siskel's just like, all right, you know what? Fine. I'll give you this one. If you say, if you take back your positive review of cop and a half, <laughs> if, you, if you, if you pretend, if you stop saying that it's a good movie, I'll, I'll change my mind on this one. It, it's fun. It's fun and endearing again. Like Ebert, you know, said all sorts of dumb things like, you know, blue velvet's the obvious infamous one. He got David Lynch wrong through most of his career. Yeah. Uh, he loved every, bad middle brow oscar bait movie but you know like the guy cared a lot about movies and is them. a yeah. warm he, he, he's, person he and his reviews great, can be fun yeah to read. great personality he was a really good writer uh fun to watch but also every time you go to a movie's wikipedia page you scroll down to reception and the first quote is always roger ebert saying some absolutely insane shit about whatever movie yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. That he's in many ways the ideal critic because, you know, he he's he's a nice person. He cares about the art form. He's a great writer. He he has something very important missing from his brain. That's what you want in a film critic. Like his review of Caligula is maybe one of the funniest reviews of any movie ever written. <laughs> it's like Oh, no. The the best thing about Ebert is how like if you go like every third review he just get yeah. There's a paragraph where he's just so fucking horny for some woman in the movie. <laughs> like, it's so like true. The, it's so like, true. The best one is his review of Irreversible. He talks about how great Monica Bellucci's breasts are. Like he just talks about like her perfect. Uh, That's great. Her perfect bosom, and I'm like, dude, what? Yo, <laughs> come on, man. Monica Bellucci, Gen X Italian actress. She probably loved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I, oh, speaking of horny Ebert, one of the great Ebert lines is when he uh, he was reviewing Catwoman on TV. Um, and he oh, just, God. Like, said, There's three good things about this movie. <laughs> Halle Berry's face, Halle Berry's body, and Halle Berry's costume. <laughs> what a king. What a king. So off, king. We don't... We don't have we don't have horny oafs like that anymore. Like that's we need more guys who are just like just on national TV just being just grotesque perverts. Honestly. Yeah. Okay, back to the uh back to the review. Uh other stray observations. I was surprised by how good of a singer Lindsay was or like how not bad of one she is. She she like actually can hold a pitch really well and she can do it without slipping into like epic voice in the same way Doug does. Yeah. I think that's just um, Doug like afraid to commit to actually trying to sing something because yeah. It, he's like in character quote unquote. I um, saw in a YouTube comment on this video that him and Rob were like their mom was an opera singer and they were trained by her. I don't know if that's true. But I do know that like all of the comments on this YouTube video are talking about how like wow like Doug's actually a really good singer, so obviously like as he starts wow. just singing and everything from now on it's like oh because he's being egged on by his fucking moron viewers. <laughs> you think, yeah. you think this the is good la- singing? Yeah, I mean the last song of this review is interminable, <laughs> and uh, the the guilty pleasures one. Yeah, and I think ah uh... it's I I don't I don't. No, for sure. I don't know for sure because honestly, I kind of skipped through. I I kind of skipped through it. I couldn't listen to the whole song, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they reference um, Moulin Rouge like taking forever to end at one point in the song, or like not ending quick enough, just singing going on. And I'm like, you're just doing that, but worse, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is so embarrassing. <sighs> the like the review is over, and you look at the youtube video and there's like 15 minutes left and you're like what the fuck the best moment in the oh no the last musical number the one you're talking about is when doug's back in his room with all the pages on the wall and he's just like singing to and then it like intercuts with Lindsay singing about subway that fucking musical number jesus christ yes yeah that goes on for like three years and is just the most Oh my god, it, it's so bad. I, it was too much. It was too, I could. It was too embarrassing. I couldn't watch it. Yeah, the, the one that they do before that is like the can can one. Yeah, uh, the guilty pleasures one. That, and, that um, one has a great moment where Lindsay, um, <laughs> again, just having to sing Doug's words. There's a lyric in that where they say, "Yes, it's dumb. Yes, it's gay, but we love it anyway." And I had I like I like skipped back. I was like I was like John Travolta and blowout. Like, can I hear Lindsay say those words? Can I make it out? And I think she like <laughs> rushes through it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you there she there's no way she didn't like pull Doug aside and was like you know we can't say that, right? <laughs> like y- you know we can't. Oh my god. <laughs> another another great Lindsay moment is when there's a moment where um she says, "But then you and McGregor sings a Whitney Houston song and Santine is putty in is putty in his pants or something like that putty in his hand i think or whatever i think no i think i think they say pants because doug is like does that really work and then Lindsay's like pants putty or something or like oh yeah and then and then she makes a weird here's here's the part she makes a weird in your pants she makes a weird noise with her mouth that's like (laughs) and i was like I'm just imagining Doug like, now, Lindsay, I want you to do what I want you to do. That was great. But can we do the line one more time? But I want you to make a weird mouth sound like it's really wet in your mouth. And it's really wet and, you know, squishy a little bit. <laughs> what does Doug Walker think? Can we thinks, try that again? What does he think sex is that he arrived at the phrase putty in his, in, in his pants? What Literally. Does that, what does that refer to? What? Honestly, I just thought it was putty in putty in your hand. That that like makes sense. That pants okay, putty. I'm I'm gonna open it and I'm gonna try and find this moment really quickly because I think I know <laughs> that's where like, it that's is. like that's like a guy who says for all me. intensive purposes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like guy who just blatantly mishears saying. 
sayings. Ugh. God, I I wanted to touch on the the uh, the can can musical number because um uh, how do I put this? I don't mind that one. I I think uh, uh yeah they have the gay line yeah it's still a Doug musical number but honestly. I'll give credit to Brentalfloss here. It's kind of little, a little like charming little idea to make a song about guilty pleasure movies and stuff. And the melody, since it's the can can, is kind of catchy. I uh, I could still sing a lot of it from memory before I rewatch the review. So yeah, that that's the. If I have to give one grudging praise to this, I. I I I can respect the guilty pleasure song, even though there's some weird picks in that they reference in that it's it's a very weird like, song conceptually because it's like they're introducing mm. doug's audience to the concept of having a guilty pleasure <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like the whole, the whole point of it and honestly the whole point of the review is is like doug does not understand the concept that you could think that something isn't great but still enjoy it <laughs> yeah i well yeah i think i think that um partially i think if I'm doing like a psychological like read on Doug Walker on the the persona of Doug Walker, I think that um, the reason in his mind or one of the contributing reasons to why this is his favorite review that he's done is because I think in his mind, he's like, um, yeah, I think I really was really fair and balanced here because I gave voice to (laughs) good things about the movie. And I gave voice to bad things about the movie. And that's really great of me as a reviewer. (laughs) You want to know the funny thing? What? I looked up a transcript of Doug uh, talking about, here's, you know, my favorite reviews. And I think he said part of the reason why Moulin Rouge was his favorite review was he got to introduce people to his side of the story. (laughs) And, you know what a, why he doesn't like it but sort of have this back and forth so yo let's fucking you're go. right Doug Savant. <laughs> you're right <laughs> baby you're 100 percent right that rules i'm like will graham so in hannibal <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> i can retrace in my head <laughs> you thought this review was fair and balanced you son of a bitch I'm didn't you to, i'm going to make a terrible review <laughs> i'm going to think i'm going to think it's fair and balanced <laughs> replaying in my head (laughs) i'm going to make brental floss suck off the microphone such as my design (laughs) got that yeah you got you got the manhunter synth soundtrack playing (laughs) you just uh, just like in it a god of vita starts playing as you kick through his window in chicago (laughs) kick through the green screen yeah (laughs) oh god uh, the last song here, I think, is really interesting. The review must go on. We talked about it a little, but it also like yeah, about how this is his favorite there, I mean, well, here's the thing: there are plot, there are lore implications to this number, um, because this yeah. is the moment where like it leads into to boldly flee, which is all about how he's uh, sick of playing the nostalgia critic and he fucking hates doing this and he wants it to stop. <laughs> but he's compelled oh really to keep going yeah that's that's the whole that's his whole arc in to boldly flee is that he wants to stop <gasps> doing this oh no i've mm. seen to boldly because flee in real life the um i didn't know this goes directly into it i yeah. think there might have been some uh, time I skipped, like, like i said yeah some episodes like i said i s- <laughs> like i said i couldn't finish the musical number at the end i was like this is too much <laughs> It's interminable. The review yeah. must go on. The review must end right now. <laughs> like, that's re- enough reviewing. <laughs> no, the, the, the way it works is the review must go on. It became like a motif for the critic. And he he ended the nostalgia critic. And then he did demo reel. And demo reel flopped so hard that he had to do this thing called the review must go on. And he... um. He, he ended up bringing back the Nostalgia Critic, and the theme for the reboot was that, ba-na-na-na-na. Yeah, that's, that's his, uh, that's his, that is the motif of his damnation. Which is his, just, the sh- it's the just persona. the show must go on. Like, it's, it's not his original song. It's a parody of a song from fucking Moulin Rouge. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh shit, that is what that is. <gasps> oh shit. <laughs> I, just I hate him. That's that. Oh my god. So painful. He's the worst, man. God, can you imagine if instead of the the show must go on, he did like Heroes or something? Just how much worse it would be. Oh my god. Jesus, he did like just doing the epic. We could be critics just for one day. Down in Film Review City. (laughs) You were the nostalgia critic. Oh, you reviewers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Waiting God. for the gift of nostalgia critic. <laughs> <Dun-dun-dun>. <laughs> the European critic is here. <laughs> Just getting deeper oh, and God. deeper with the cuts. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> singing, on this, I'm not singing on this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> It's respectable. <laughs> respectable. All right. Um, uh, God. Okay. So do we have anything else to add about the fucking uh, Moulin Rouge review? No. Um, I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good. I think, oh, I timed it when there's a moment where um, like it slows down so Santine can do her like opening musical number and... Doug says, like, or Brental Floss is like, it's a slow, beautiful moment. I'm sure it'll, like, go on. And then, or I'm sure, like, it'll last for a while. And then, like, Doug is like, oh, yeah, about 12 seconds. And then it, like, cuts to the end of the moment. But I time the moment, and it's actually, like, a minute. It's, like, a full minute (laughs) of silence. So I don't know, like, but they said it like they timed it. So I was very confused and misled by that. And I think they just mm. would be held to task and held accountable for that. Um, I think they should be canceled. Mm. <laughs> I agree. This has been submitted into evidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah if, there's one, be... if there's one thing Doug Walker deserves to be canceled for, it's lying about a Boz Lerman movie. <laughs> it's lying about a measure of time in a Boz Lerman movie. We're building the case. That's yeah. The purpose of this podcast is to build the legal case against the people versus Doug Walker. This will be a key piece of evidence. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that's gonna do it, folks. Um, follow Hessa on Twitter uh, at zero suit Camus. It will put the link in the description. Um, I'll also put the link to the podcast about list McElroy's thing. It is so fucking funny. And um, uh, yeah, that'll that's gonna do it. Uh, next week. Uh. Next week, Esther and I go to hell. We go to hell. <laughs> and we're, we're bringing a, a co-host of those good old-fashioned values, Andy, on to talk about To Boldly Flee With Us. And it'll probably be the longest episode we've ever recorded because the movie is three and a half hours long. It's like as long as love exposure. <laughs> If I, it, if it, is I, ex- it is exactly one minute longer than Seven Samurai. <laughs> if I stop posting, you know, at any time between this episode releasing and, and next Monday, um, uh, <laughs> contact my family uh, for information about about, yeah. <laughs> about the service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's going to do it. All right. Uh once again, you know, if you're here for the first time, uh, check out those good old-fashioned values where we do this thing, but about um, dumb animated cartoons. We've finally finished Family Guy, and we're focusing on American Dad now. Um, uh, yeah, check us out, and uh, we'll see you all next week for the big one. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>